we come before you tonight and we thank you, dear Lord, for, Lord, just your, your grace to our, toward us each and every day. And Father, Lord, thank you that, Lord, that um, you said in your word that your grace does abound. And Father, each, uh, each and every one of us, Lord, we, we understand that we're undeserving of your kindness and mercy, and yet you so freely give that. And, and Father, tonight's no different. Uh, Lord, we have a privilege tonight to be able to gather, open your word, edify each other, Lord, and then also, Lord, just to um, set our petition towards you. And, and Father, thank you that you're God who hears and is able, Lord, to not only hear us but answer our prayers. And, and so I thank you, dear God, for that. And I pray that you bless our time, uh, even as we open up your word and we fellowship one another with one another tonight in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. All right. Well, it's good to see you tonight, and thanks for being faithful. I know that um, often when the weather gets a, a little bit colder, we uh, feel a little bit more challenged, or it's a little bit more challenging to, to have to motivate ourselves, but it's good that uh, we can gather on a, in the middle of the week, and uh, again, as we've, uh, we've been doing the last couple of weeks, just uh, change a little bit of our, our schedule to allow uh, some uh, choir practices and so forth. So thank you for uh, just being uh, patient with that. And I know that many of uh, our other age groups are meeting tonight, and so I hope that you've been keeping them in mind as, uh, as they get ministered to this evening and get an opportunity to pray as well. But we're going to turn our Bibles to John chapter 16, verse 25, and we'll get started uh, here. So we continue to think about who God is, and uh, last week we, we spoke about the, the triune God and understanding um, the fact that we, we have a God who's a trinity. And uh, the doctrine of that, but the, also the application of that is this, that, that many things about God that we're not going to fully understand, but we have to approach Him by faith. And, uh, and it's important to understand that. But uh, tonight we'll, we'll look at uh, God, the Father. And, um, and we're going we're gonna to just go through that in the, in the next couple of weeks, uh, all of the, the persons of the Godhead and uh, last time, again, we examined the doctrinal concept called the Trinity. So we, we spoke about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all equally God, but uh, only one God. And so in a sense, in that sense, uh, we, we cannot divide the Trinity. Uh, it's indivisible. But in another sense, we can. Okay? We can identify the primary tasks of each person of the Trinity that he calls his own. And so tonight, I want to start off and, and turn your attention to the Heavenly Father, and we're going to examine what specific task He set and sets Himself, all right? So generally speaking, when the Scripture refers to the Son, or the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, or the Spirit, the, the Bible's pretty clear who it's speaking about. Uh, but the, the other references used most often in Scripture of God and Lord in regard to, to um, God Himself are generally understood to be the Father. All right, so, so what does he do? And in the first place, uh, we'll start where, the, where it's obvious he is the Father. All right? And so John chapter 16 and verse 25, he says, These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs. And he says, But I will show you plainly of the Father. And often when, when the Lord Jesus was here on earth, uh, he would refer to uh, his father, and and in in his in his even in his times of prayer, 
uh, he, would, he would commune and speak with the Father. All right? And so he is the Father. He, uh, the Lord Jesus said in, in John chapter 10, verse 30, and uh, probably you're familiar with this verse, he says, I and my Father are one. And so we understand, again, uh, from, from last week, the, uh, the relationship of each, um, uh, each, uh, each person of the Godhead, how uh, they're, all, they're all different, but they're all one. And so here the Lord Jesus is again affirming, I and my Father are one. And the, the Old Testament refers to God as a Father a handful of times, but it doesn't really dwell on Him in, in that aspect but we see here that Jesus so often did. And so it's important for us to, to start there and understand that in, in his role as the Father, he is the Father. And Jesus really was the first one to emphasize God as our Father. Uh, during his time here, he emphasized that. Uh, he, he speaks about the comforter in, in relating to the fact that he's going to leave uh, and, and that he was going to die and, and God, uh, that, that the Lord Jesus was then going to leave the comforter. But throughout, the, uh, throughout Jesus' ministry here on earth, the predominant way he referred to God was as his Father. And, um, and, and he taught us that, um, that, that on salvation as well, we become his child, that we become the Father's child. And that's an important aspect to, to think about. You know, um, in, in a world where, where again, God is defined in different ways, it's important for us to, to emphasize what He emphasizes. And He emphasizes God in the viewpoint of, of us as being His children and He being our Heavenly Father. And, and we'll get to that. It's, it's, it's a relationship, isn't it? It's a sense of belonging. Uh, he taught us when we pray to approach Him as our Father. And again, this is the Lord Jesus in His, in his earthly ministries. And, and I want you to think about that. Okay, fathers have responsibilities, don't they? You know, we, we as, as, a, as a dad, I, all, of, all of you here who have children, you understand you have a certain, certain responsibilities towards your children. That there are some things that you do for your child because they're your child, but not only that, that you're their father. And, and God takes those seriously as well as our father. Uh, firstly, he protects. He, he protects his children. Um, he, uh, he is the one that, that, uh, that, that looks, uh, uh, looks over us and, and protects us. He, he also provides. And I'm so glad that in those areas, God is, uh, as our Father, faithful in that. You know, one of the primary tasks that we have, don't we, as, as fathers, is to provide for our family. It's part of our, it's part of our calling, but certainly part of God's, uh, God's inbuilt desire for us as men when we become fathers. But, but we understand that God is a father. He's a faithful provider. Uh, he, he, never, uh, he, he doesn't uh, allow the, the righteous to suffer, uh, to, to be famished. And, and we understand that he's faithful in that, that we can trust him in that. But then also as a father, he trains. He teaches. He instructs. And that's why when, when, he, uh, when we read through the book of Proverbs and the many times where where that's written to, uh, from a father to a son, we can relate to that as a Christian uh, much more because it's, it's our father giving us certain instruction. And, and you know, as a, as, a, uh, as a dad, 
you look at your children and you look at the ways that you've instructed them and it's pleasing to you, isn't it, when they follow after instruction. It's pleasing when they, they grow because of that instruction and that wisdom that you impart. And, and certainly in the same way, in our relationship with God, our Father, He is pleased when we follow His instruction, when we follow His wisdom, when we don't go by and follow another's wisdom. And so God, in His, in his nature as the Father, in, his, in the person of the Father, He trains, He teaches, He instructs, He, he gives all uh, those things that, are, uh, that are, are, are profitable and helpful for us. He gives us those things, He instructs us in the way that we ought to please Him. But then also, as in His role as our Father, He also loves. And that's an important aspect of fatherhood. Uh, that perhaps, perhaps we, we sometimes uh, neglect because we have, a, we, ha- we have a certain view of, of manhood and fatherhood. But uh, in all reality, uh, for God so loved the world, and, and God is love. And we uh, got to understand that a father loves. He loves his children. Uh, that, means, that means that his heart yearns to know his children and to have that fellowship with you and I. You see, it's not just God in, the, in His immensity and in His, uh, in his, uh, in his um, un- being uncontainable and all-powerful, but we've got to view God now as, as His children, as His sons and daughters, as a Father who loves. Which, which means this, uh, when, when the Father um, chastens We've got to view it as, as chastening, not because He's punishing us. Because remember, the Lord Jesus took the punishment on the cross for us already. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But when the Father chastens, it's out of love. It, it harks back to what we just spoke about in His training. He's trying to teach us right. And, and the, the Bible's very clear that, uh, that whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth. And He scourgeth every son. And tonight, you know, you need to examine your, your life. And there's, there's, got to be, there's got to be times where God has chastened you. It's, it's, it's part of His nature as, as our Father. And, and tonight, um, you've got to receive that. You know, you might go through and there might be times where you, you sense the heaviness of His hand in correcting you. Then that, 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 that shouldn't be something that we... Um, we, we fight against, knowing this, that we have a Father who loves us, that, that, that has that His nature and His work is to love us. And, and so even in chastening and even in the heaviness of that, it's a demonstration of His love. It's, it's that aspect of his, of his fatherhood to us. And, and so He's a God who loves, and certainly He communicates His love to us uh, often in His Word. He communicates His love to us through His protection, through His provision, through His teaching. And, and the, the very, His very nature is love. And what I'm trying to get at and point at here in His role as a father, God is a father, there is a tenderness there. There's meant to be an intimacy of relationship between a son and his father. And, and, um, and you just look at the, 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 prodigal of, uh, the, the parable of the prodigal son. And how that broke the father's heart when that, that one son wasted his living. 
And, you know, as, uh, as, um, as, as his children, we ought to have that, that heart of tenderness toward him, not to displease him or not to, not to break his heart. Um, you know, all of us here, uh, to some degree, uh, we all want to please our Father. And, and in order to do that, there needs to be an intimacy of relationship. Um, in, in 1 John 3.1, the Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him. And, and so uh, we understand that, that, the, that the Father, God the Father, He's bestowed love upon us. He, he, he did that, He demonstrated that uh, by, by giving His Son to pay for our sins. And that ought to be a sense there of belonging for us. It ought to be a sense there that, that, there's a, that we, we're trying to grow in our intimacy and tenderness toward not just God, but God as our Father. And so in, 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 his, uh, in his role as God the Father, He is the Father. But then note with me, secondly, He's also the Creator. Okay, in, um, in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 28, let me just read that for you. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 says, Hast thou not, thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. And we've already uh, touched upon, I think the first week we spoke about the fact that he's, he's creator God. But, but let me just uh, reemphasize it again. Uh, this, this evening, he is the creator in his role as the father. He says in Isaiah 43, 15, I am the Lord, your holy one, the creator of Israel, your king. And so in, in eternity past, nothing existed except for him. Remember, we started off with, with the very first verse in the, in the Bible, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God. And so in eternity past, nothing existed except for, except for, except for him. But his great heart of love and grace and goodness was entirely unknown for, for, um, for no one was around to see it. His genius for building and making was unknown for no one was around to notice it. And so what he did was this, he created. He created. Uh, he created everything. Just to summarize it all. <laughs> In Revelation 4.11, he says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And so, again, it's for his pleasure, but they were created. That means angels and, 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 a, heaven that he, uh, and a heaven that he put them in, he created that. That means after their rebellion, he created a hell to put them in. That means at some point he called the entire universe out of nothing. He designed it to continue on the basis of scientific laws and then populated it with plants and animals and all of the things that we marvel at. And then also He made us. And so in all of that, He created everything. He's the creator of everything. God is creative. He likes to make things. He shows forth His handiwork. In Colossians 3.10, And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of Him that created Him. And notice there, the new man is in the image of Him that created Him. And so He, he, he is creative. He likes to make things new. And, and what God creates as a Father, 
he creates next, what he creates next time will be entirely and eternally free from sin. In 2 Peter 3.13, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Aren't you glad that we have the great promise of that? We'll be free. This, this, uh, uh, this mortal shall put on immortality. And all of those things that we struggle with, those fears, those heartaches will be gone and He'll create all things new. And that, that is a, a time we can look forward to. And, and to create is to make. He, he, uh, to make is to own. And so that's why there's such a, there's such a, a battle today to redefine God as really just some sort of a cosmic force that can be unknown. Because if, if, we, if we, uh, we admit that He is creator, that He is the one making, then He is really the one who has ownership of it all. In Psalm 50 verse 10, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle upon a thousand hills. He made everything. And can I just repeat this evening, including you and I. And thus He owns everything, including you and I. And thus He can tell us how to live our lives. And doubly so as Christians, because we know then that the Son paid a price for us also. And so tonight, um, don't resist God when he, when he prompts you, when He shows you from His, uh, his revealed will and His Word how to live and, 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 and what it is to live. No, no, he's, he, he has total ownership. And, and whilst we make that free will to choose, He allowed that. Um, we are to submit to Him uh, as, as Creator God. In, in Deuteronomy 32.6, Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not He thy Father that hath, hath bought thee? Hath He not made thee and established thee? And so He's asking those questions, and really it's rhetorical. And, um, and so He is the Creator. Uh, as we've been reading here, He is the Lord. Thirdly, he is the Lord. In, uh, in Leviticus 18, verse 4, it says, You shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Lord is a word that means master. And so when we, when we think about our Father, He's the Lord. He's the Lord of His household. He's the Lord of all. He's our master. And, and this is why we obey Him. And we ought to obey Him. Our God whom we worship is also our Lord, our Master. Uh, he is called by this title 7,059 times in your Bible. And, and the clear implication which flows from this is that He has the right of command. And really it's this, I have the duty then to obey. It's our duty. And in Judges 6.10, I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, little g, in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And how many times did he, 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 uh, he, he say that to his nation Israel? But I wonder how many times we in our, uh, in our walking with him, we in our, in our earthly living have not obeyed his voice. And yet he is the Lord. He is the Lord of all. And yes, he gave us a free will. 
He did. But that is not so we can do our own thing or go our, our own way. You know, that, that liberty is not meant to be used as an occasion to the flesh. Uh, it's so we will obey Him out of love from our heart. You know, God never made robots. God made mankind with a free will, with, with that volition to choose. But He gave it so that we might choose Him. So that we might choose Him. He is the Lord. You know, when God says jump, we say, how high? We, we, don't, we don't say, why? No, no. We just obey. He is the Lord. And, and so in His role as the Father, in His person as a Father, He is the Lord. But then lastly, go to Psalm 47. Psalm 47. Psalm 47. And we'll read all nine verses here. Notice here. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great King over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved, Selah. God is gone up with a shout. The Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises for, to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of His holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the, of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. But I'm sure as you note there, the, the, the prevailing theme is that as Father, He is also King. He is King. And His right of lordship over us, over all creation, stems from His authority. He is the King. He is the King of kings. And He is to obey as Lord, but He is also, really also to be worshipped as King. He is to be worshipped. And, uh, and we kneel before Him because He is King. Uh, that, that, uh, that phrase, obeisance, is, is found seven times in, in your Bible. And that word is a, in context is one of an inferior bowing down before his superior. And let's not forget that, that we are, we are just subjects in his kingdom even though we are his children. That we don't, just, we don't, we don't throw, throw around our position. That we don't, just, we don't just lavish it and throw it and take it for granted. Let's not forget also that in the same vein we are His subjects, that we are under His authority, that He has authority over us, and that, that none of us here uh, can, should make the mistake that somehow He's undeserving of our lowliness before Him. See, worship is more than obedience. It is the whole heart acknowledging His position, His position in relation to our own. It's recognizing that, that in, in front of, of our Father, He is King, and that we are His humble subjects. That we are to bow before Him in worship. That, that He's worthy of our worship. That, 
that we recognize that, that as we sing to Him, as we pray, as we, as we approach His throne, although we can do it boldly, we do it humbly. Because He is King. In Psalm 45 verse 11, So shall the King greatly desire thy beauty, for He is thy Lord, and worship thou Him. And so tonight I want to encourage you about our relationship with God as our Father. You know, we ought to approach Him with great, great tenderness and great love in, 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 in knowing Him, in, in wanting to know His will and how to please Him. But we ought to do it in a, in a way that is, is humble, recognizing that He is Lord, that He's the master of the household, that He's the King of the kingdom, that He is the Creator God who created us. And so He owns us because He's the Creator. We obey Him because He is the Lord, and we worship Him because He is the King. But get this, we love Him because He's our Father. And so tonight, um, let's, let's not forget that as we approach God, that we do it as His children, and He is our Father. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that we can call out to you. Lord, oftentimes we, we pray in that, in that way. We say, Father. And yet, Lord, we, we understand that there's, there's such a great deal of, of love that you show toward us that, that that ought to be not uttered with, Lord, with, a, with just a regularity, a, a normalcy, but with great respect and with great tenderness. Father, we come and we recognize your, your faithfulness in provision and protection. Lord, in loving kindness each and every day. And so help us to know you in that way. Help us to please you. Help us, Lord, to, to approach your, your throne, Lord with, Lord, with a great desire to know you in a greater way. So I pray that you'd help us even tonight as we approach our time of prayer. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name.